You're listening to the Beyond Teaching podcast, and for this week's episodes, I interview Simona Lungu, who moved from the classroom into initial teacher training all around Europe, and now works on education programs and entrepreneurship education. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's lovely to be here. Um, my name is Simona Lungu. I'm a 2013 Business and Economics Ambassador, uh, and I taught Business and Economics in an academy in London. I'm currently based in Brussels in Belgium, and I'm delighted that we can have this chat over the internet, considering everything else that's um, happening now. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. This is my <laughs> first online So just... From the start then, really, um, what made you get into teaching in the first place? Sure, uh, it's a really good question. And I was reflecting uh, a bit on my journey um, as I was um, trying to to uh, think what I can bring to this conversation. And I think I can pinpoint three moments uh, that brought me to become Miss Lungu, which was my, my uh, teaching name. Um, so back to when I was uh, a little girl, uh, my two favorite subjects in school when I was a student were English, language and mathematics. Uh, so I was always dreaming about becoming uh, or teaching one of them um, or maybe even teaching maths in English, which I think uh, was, was even better. And then um, fast forward um, when I was at university in Nottingham uh, in my third year, I had a, a day of a week, like students have, to prepare for their dissertation. However, I decided to uh, take up an opportunity with a brilliant organization called Students in Classroom. Um, I don't know if they're still, still there, but thank you so much uh, for giving me the opportunity to become a teaching assistant for one day a week. Um, so that was an amazing opportunity, and that was really uh, the first encounter that I had with classrooms in uh, England. And then the third moment was um, when I moved to London in 2011, so after I graduated, um, and I would apply uh, to uh, loads of graduate schemes. Um, and I didn't even have a smartphone at the time because I was not employed. So I would take the bus from South London, where I lived, to North London to, to go um, to various assessment centers. Um, and I just remember taking the 344 route uh, and you would just see poverty right next to like very nice neighborhoods and then poverty again. So being an economist, I I kind of started looking into it and, and then looking at schools attainment in different postcodes. Um, so uh, that's when I, I found out about the brilliant work that uh, Teach First uh, is doing um, and I decided to apply. So I actually had the first uh, assessment center for 2013 um, and um, I got a role and I was super excited. Um, and actually, I just want to say thank you, Teach First, uh, for having very nice uh, and lovely assessment centers. Um, I knew... I mean, we clicked on from, from the first second. So I'm very, very glad that, uh, that I took that uh, step and I became a teacher in 2013. Oh, that's fantastic. When you did start teaching with the first, when you started training, how did you find it? Um, I think a lot of people use the um, roller coaster analogy uh, to talk about, especially the first three, six months of teaching. Um, and that's how, how I felt. Um, I think maybe uh, even more intense, um, like an army boot camp, um, 
because I had to absorb so much uh, learning of what does it mean to be a teacher. But then at the same time, um, as you can tell, I'm not English. So it was a complete learning curve because apart from those days uh, of being in school in Nottingham and, you know, being a student teaching assistant, you really don't get involved in a lot of things. Everything was was new to me. So can you imagine not, not knowing what the lineup was, form time, parents' evening, everything was, was new. So it was funny, <laughs> actually, um, that I was genuinely, genuinely learning uh, what does it mean to be a teacher and being a teacher. So um, I definitely loved it um i i loved the energy that that the students uh, brought to 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 each day um i loved my subject so i was teaching business and and economics and i genuinely loved my subject um so i think um yeah to answer your question uh it was hard but it was definitely worth it oh, fantastic yeah that, that's 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 nice that you enjoyed it um, and so at some point you decided to move out of the classroom. What, what made you want to leave? Um, yeah, and how did that come about? Sure. Um, so I got so much of my Teach First experience and also teaching in an academy. Um, and I became very interested in teacher training, um, particularly in initial teacher training. So I started kind of reading um, about it in my spare time. And yes, luckily by the second year, I actually got, <laughs> got, got some, some um, spare time. So I, at that point, I think um, I was thinking, what, what can I do for, for my uh, <laughs> uh, own country? So I'm Romanian. And then um, I found out about Teach for Romania. Uh, so essentially, teach first only only in a different country. Um, I reached out to their CEO then, John. Hello, <laughs> um, whom I would like to to thank for the great opportunity because basically I had a chat with John and I said, "This is what I can do. Do you want me there?" Um, and for six months. I was developing their teacher training curriculum. Um, I was a mentor, a coach. I went to very um, remote places, to villages, uh, to very deprived, com to very deprived communities of my country. But I've never experienced that, so it was it was a very um, humbling and enriching experience for me. Um, yeah. Slightly off-piste question, but um, so the, the schools in UK compared to the schools in Romania, were they very different? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, the, the school system is very different if you look at a lot of factors, but I think what, what was even more um, challenging was the rural versus urban um, area. So Teach for Romania would, would go in very uh, rural communities where, for example, uh, some teachers would have to hitchhike to go to a remote village or, or walk in a field for three kilometers in the snow in winter. Um, you would get mixed classes. So we're not talking mixed ability, mixed age classes. You would get um, a lot of students that drop 
out of school. So as a teacher, um, your role is, is really to make sure that the child finishes school, but also making sure that the child has something to eat <laughs> in order to finish school. So this is obviously not the same in, in all um, situations. This is more the extreme ones. However, Teach for Romania is really uh, going where the need is, is the greatest. So that's why I, why I said that it was a very humbling experience to, to see that and to know that my experience from, from the UK of assessment for learning of teacher training um, can be of use there. Oh, there. Yeah, so, and you were supporting those teachers who were having that really hard time, essentially. Could you tell me a bit more about the kind of experience you had? Um, and maybe a little note on Teach for All and how people could get involved in the Teach for All network. Sure. Um, and that was something that uh, I wanted to mention um, because I think it's a great opportunity for the listeners if, uh, if they want to travel, let's say, outside of the, the UK and they want to continue uh, the mission of uh, building a fair education for all. So definitely um, Teach for All is a global network of 60 in independent and locally led partners uh, that have the same mission, essentially to build a fair education for all. Um, I think it started in 2007 when the CEO of, uh, of Teach First, Brett, and the CEO of, uh, of uh, Teach for America, Wendy, kind of got, got together and said, we really need to do something to, to help the world. Um, so yes, that was uh, my notes on 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 Teach for All. Do you mind um, repeating the question, please? On um... yeah, so you also you travelled around a lot and did te teaching you that. And what was your experience of travelling around and seeing different education as well? Sure. Definitely. I mean, I think I was very curious and I wanted to embrace this, this diversity. Um, and definitely the Teach for All um, is one way of, of doing that. So I mentioned um, I worked in 2016 uh, with Teach for Romania. And then also um, I worked in 2019 with Teach for Portugal. And funny note, I do not speak Portuguese. <laughs> so I do have to actually thank Pedro and Maria from Teach for Portugal for, for believing in me. Um, it was their first uh, summer uh, institute. So it was an amazing experience um, where I was essentially mentoring and coaching and delivering training sessions to the first generation of Teach for Portugal teachers. Um, and I do want to make a note that uh, for the ones of you listening from the UK and maybe that have done Teach First, you you know that the scale is massive. You know, we're talking, I think, in 2013, when I did um, my, my, my program, we were around 1,000. Then it was almost up to 2,000 teachers a year. To put things in perspective, when I was working at Teach for Romania, we were... I think 30, 40 teachers. So that was the cohort. Now they're up to 50. Um, and then at Teach for Portugal, it was 20. <laughs> so we are talking a lot more grassroots, uh, a lot more smaller 
numbers, but definitely the, the impact that you can make um, is just amazing. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So you you did that and you moved to education. So how did that come about? Sure, sure. Um, so after Teach for Romania, I came back to the UK, uh, this was September 2016, and I didn't know 100% what I wanted to do. I was very interested in teaching and learning. I was obviously interested in education, um, and at the same time, I was quite interested in ed tech. Um, it was something new, but I was thinking, how can we improve the quality of education and EdTech was a solution. So um, I would just like to make a point here that for the Teach First teachers listening, um, I, I did um, summer placements. So I found it as a great opportunity to, to find out kind of what's, what's out there still whilst being a teacher. So in three years, I did a total of five. So I didn't have a lot of summer breaks. Um, however, that's what I did. So, um, and, I, and I was very, very lucky to, to get to know a fantastic place called Business in the Community. They are an organization that promotes responsible business across all areas and education was, was one of them. So I then applied for, for a role um, and I have been working there for three years, um, a, a role that I absolutely loved as an education program manager. Oh, fantastic. And is this, uh, is the program you're looking at entrepreneurship education? So my, um, my role in entrepreneurship education per se uh, started in, in September 2019 when I moved to Brussels. However, definitely during my time at Business in the Community, uh, entrepreneurship education was, was one of the, the different elements um, that businesses could, uh, could help schools. However, they can do a lot more in terms of teacher well-being, teacher retention, coaching, leadership. So I would do um, various different um, things during my uh, time at business in the community. Um, and I do want to mention um, the famous uh, quote where, where you connect the dots, you know. Um, it was January 2019 and I was super excited that I actually got to deliver some training for Teach First Teachers, part of the Middle Leaders Career Development Program. So... Yes, it was very, very nice during this time. I do have to say that I was um, very, very much kind of still involved in the ambassador community in London. So I would go to events um, and I really, really valued all the opportunities um, that being a Teach First alumni um, gave me. Of course. And, you, and you've, enjoyed, you've enjoyed being part of education charities by the sounds of it. Uh, how would someone actually, how would someone get into that line of work? Sure, it's a, it's a good question. And I think for me, uh, <laughs> reflecting uh, about my journey, um, it seemed like it happened organically. Um, and to a certain extent, it did. Um, I had an interest and then I, I did a lot of research 
to be honest, I contacted people. Um, LinkedIn helped. Um, I think in 2016, it wasn't that much uh, happening on LinkedIn, but definitely uh, in 2019. So when I was applying for, for roles in Brussels, um, it was a way of um, connecting to people. Um, something that now I see is, is quite active um, is also... Um, using Facebook even, and different groups on Facebook. So teachers that are interested in. Um, so definitely now I would say that even if you Google education charities in the UK or something like that, you, you get quite a big number, which I think um, when, I, when I first... Um, was looking at them, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, label this as an education charity. It was a wonderful place to work. Uh, and I had an interest in that. Um, and you tend to work with brilliant, amazing, passionate people. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of great. Uh, it's, very, it's a very nice space to be working in. Fantastic. Um, you, talk, you talked about networking a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on networking? Do you think it's something that everyone should do? Uh, I mean, how much have you got from networking? Sure. Um, I'm quite uh, an extrovert. I think all teachers, to a certain extent, have a bit of, uh, of, of that. Um, so when I was a special business in the community uh, for three years, I... I I kind of set myself almost as a as a target to to join one event a week, and this was pre-pandemic, um, and I was based in London, so it was possible. I would go to a lot of events at Institute of Education. I would go to events at uh, at Teach First, and then also on Eventbrite, uh, you would find all sorts of events. I from a professional point of view, it's definitely kind of a CPD opportunity. Um, however, I will be absolutely honest, not all events were great, you know, and some of them um, were actually a bit tiring. Uh, you would get home quite, quite late and you would say, well, was it really worth it? However, um, I do miss them now. And I think um, as a result of the pandemic, going to events won't be as easier or as, as available as before. Um, and to be absolutely honest, I'm not, I, I did attend virtual events, especially conferences, but I did not get the right vibe, you know, and essentially you're still at your desk, you finish your job and then at six o'clock you kind of go to a Zoom conference and, um, and it's not the same. So to answer your question, uh, I do think that uh, I gained um, a lot of exposure from, from networking. And personally, I liked to be connected. I was still reading um, a lot of, um, let's say, lit like literature on teacher training, on um, entrepreneurship education. So for me, uh, it definitely helped. That's a great answer. I mean, I'm really not very good at networking, so it's, it's advertisement for it. Um, and also just to note on the, the pandemic, obviously, it's just not been great for anyone, has it really? Um, 
So just circling back to entrepreneurship education, because before we had initial chats, I didn't, I didn't really know what that was. So could you just explain to listeners what that is and kind of what you're, how you're involved in that as well? Sure. So um, I'm, I mentioned a bit before, but uh, in September 2019, um, kind of my personal life br brought me to Brussels, uh, Belgium, which at that time was only a two hour uh, train journey away uh, from London. So it, um, it definitely felt a lot closer. And then with the pandemic, you know, things things changed a bit. Um, and I'll be absolutely honest, I still wanted uh, here to, to, so here, here in Brussels to work uh, in education. And I did not speak uh, English, uh, sorry, <laughs> I did not speak French or Dutch, so I spoke English. Um, and I knew about junior achievement um, from my research. Um, and I was interested to, uh, to work in the field of entrepreneurship education, both from being a business teacher. So I would organize enterprise days and different uh, innovation camp challenges in my school and from the work from business in the community. So um, I waited until a vacancy came and I applied for a role and I've been with Junior Achievement Europe for almost two years. Um, what is Junior Achievement Europe? Uh, it is the largest provider of education programs that looks at entrepreneurship, work readiness and financial literacy. And it is present in 40 countries in Europe. So think of the European Union and beyond. Uh, and you asked me, what is entrepreneurship education? And I like to think as um, of, of, an, of an education that, that builds skills, competencies and, and mindsets. So you know, it's not really that you want to become Lord Sugar and uh, and be a millionaire overnight, um, but it's really something that um, looks at, can you identify new opportunities? Are you resilient? How do you respond working under pressure? Um, so it's something that I've really resonated with. And I'm mindful that uh, most of your listeners are, are based in the UK. So you might be familiar with, with Young Enterprise. They are part of the Junior Achievement family. Uh, so I mentioned the 40 countries. Um, so in the UK, they are called uh, Young Enterprise. Uh, and they do brilliant work around the fields of entrepreneurship education and financial education. Um, so if you are interested, I do recommend that you check, uh, check them out. Uh, also, if you're based in 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 other countries um i'm sure that you that you will find a junior achievement office there and lastly um, i do want to say that uh, if you um, have left the classroom you you can volunteer so it's actually a brilliant way um of being connected to the world of teaching of working with students um and i think uh, in the pandemic um most of my friends that have left the classroom, funny enough, they 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 wanted to contribute because we we know how how insanely uh, difficult it has been for for teachers. So hat off to to all the teachers that 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 have been through 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 a roller coaster, a proper <laughs> roller coaster, an army boot camp, I think. It's almost like doing the first three months of Teach First over and over and over <laughs> again. So yes, so a brilliant way of, of volunteering. Um, 
so so if you are interested i do recommend that you uh, look them up yeah i think that's a fantastic answer because not only was it informative but i find it incredibly an interesting strand of education and people often criticize education for being like these factories that produce workers you know and i feel like things like young enterprise kind of it's a bit it's a bit more holistic and it's kind of building something different to just those fundamentals that that school kind of focuses on um so looking back at your career now um at or where your career is at the moment would you would you recommend the route you've took to to someone so i think the route uh that i took is uh, is quite personal to me and and my interest so definitely I was passionate about education, about training teachers and about doing that globally. So um, I got that uh, from, from the last eight years of being involved in education. And I, and I would definitely do more of it. Um, so I can definitely recommend it um, if it's something that, uh, that you think really resonates with, with your passions. Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then, so just finally, if somebody wanted to kind of get in touch with you, uh, they wanted to know more about any of the work that you've done or, you know, network with you, uh, where, where can people find you? Sure, sure. So currently the, the online version of networking, um, I would say that the best place to connect is on LinkedIn. Uh, so just my name, <laughs> Simona and Lungu, that's L-U-N-G-U. -L um, and we can definitely have a, have a chat there. Um, and actually, it was a brilliant way of still being connected uh, to, to, let's say, my extended family in the UK, <laughs> because I, ha I haven't been able to, to, to go back um, so definitely, I would say, um, do reach out on LinkedIn. I would love to to hear from from you. All right, thank uh, thank you for that, and I'm sure I'm sure that'll be appreciated. Uh, and thanks for being an amazing guest today. Um, your career has been uh, inspirational and just really informative conversation as well. So thank you from me. Um, and any any other, I think, any other thoughts from you? Any other reflections on it? Sure. Uh, thank you, Rob, and thank you for, for having me here. I just want to finish um, maybe with a message to your listeners or to our listeners um, that are considering going into teaching and maybe have a different background, or maybe you already you know, have a career and you're not sure if you want to, to, to change that for teaching. Uh, my advice is just do it. Um, if you want to make a difference, if you love your subject, if you're passionate about education, you will surely make an impact. Um, I am a strong believer that we can all bring, bring something to the classroom. Um, so yes, it's just a really, really great, great, uh, great opportunity, I think, to, to be someone's teacher. So definitely go for it. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Thank you very much.